to kind of stress or highlight those a little bit more when quarantine happened because gyms closed, people couldn't get out and about. They were really, depending on their state that you were in, you were really encouraged to stay home. And so we tried to highlight those a little bit more saying, hey, like whatever it is for activity, um, we want you to move. And for a lot of people that maybe didn't do any activity before, now they have a little more free time. It's like, how can we introduce those workouts? So in January, actually, we started a six week challenge, um, kind of a six week fitness challenge where we offered three different varieties of workouts, a dumbbell, a body weight, and a scaled version. And the whole incentive or the goal behind that was if you couldn't get to the gym or you're too timid or shy, that you could do them in the comfort of your own home, couch, floor, bench. If you have a garage gym, you could do them there. But the whole premise was to give them, say, hey, here's the workout, it's free, do whatever you want. Here's the coaching. Um, and then allow you to do the workout. We would provide warm-ups and some mobility before that you could do um, before or after the workouts. And we did that for six weeks. People loved it. Um, took a small little break because it was gone for the filming. Um, so we tried to do everything before I left for that. And then when I came back, I was like, all right, we want to do this again. We started kind of creating a platform to be able to do more workouts. Then COVID hit. So we ended up releasing it like a little early, right? I want to say like March 16th was when kind of like everything shut down in Vegas. Um, and that's where we're like, cool, let's do more work workouts. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends, Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear, love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus master's age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey everyone, we are running the hashtag road to a thousand subscribers. Uh, we are trying to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. And I want you to listen to this next clip from last Wednesday's roundtable where Dave Newman and I talk about the details on how you can win an RX jump rope. We have talked about this. It started on games weekend that uh, our podcast wanted to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. You hit a thousand subscribers. It allows you to do so much more. Uh, you have the ability to go live from different events, things like that. And games weekend, we really wanted to kind of go live and do some commentary of the games, but we couldn't cause we don't have enough subscribers. So I reached out to Dave and, uh, he has agreed to sponsor this kind of giveaway that we're doing in our road to a thousand. And that is every time we hit a new century mark, we're going to give away an RX jump rope, the original RX jump rope. You get to pick the colors, you get to pick the, the thickness of the rope. Um, but we want to give away a rope every, every hundred new subscribers we get. The key to that is you have to be a public profile when you subscribe, hit that subscribe button. If you're public, I get to see your name. And so that way we can draw from those names and give away that jump rope every hundred subscribers. And so we are super stoked about this. Uh, 
we wanted to do something fun with it. And Dave and his team came up with this kind of concept and we're really excited to keep moving forward with that. Yeah, we're excited to help you along with that. And something I didn't tell you, but I might as well, I might as well put it out there. We're going to throw some other little goodies in there. We're not going to say what they are, but, uh, and it may be different every single time, but whoever, uh, whoever wins is going to get some extra little stuff in there. So it should be oh, fun. That's awesome. And so make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends, tell your family, because the faster we get to the next century mark, the next time we draw for another rope and you're, you're involved, whether you are the first subscriber or the thousandth subscriber, you're still eligible to win uh, in these, in these giveaways. So, and now off to this week's episode. Hey, Margo. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How are you? I'm good. Busy, but good. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, do you, I don't know if you remember Amy, last time we did this by audio only. Yep. So now you get to see her lovely face. I love it. That's awesome. Hi, Amy. <laughs> and, and we have a new co-host since then, Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to see you again. We've met a whole bunch of times. Yeah, so I've been a, familiar. I'm pretty sure I've been a judge. We, we met each other um, probably at Granite Games and then um, the oh, Winter Classic this past yes time when you had your wine dinner and all that stuff. So that was so much fun. It really was. Did yeah. you judge her at Rogue? Um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I judged yeah. I on like, the, uh, look- on the clean ladder. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> so yes. Memories, good memories. Yes. All good. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys are all here. Oh, we're really excited to catch up. Uh, uh, and for the listeners, we have Margot Alvarez with us. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much universally known as the nicest person in CrossFit. <laughs> sweet. Um, we've had guests on that have said the same thing. It's not just us. Um, so a lot of our guests have said that you are unequivocally the nicest person in CrossFit. <laughs> you guys are amazing. That's so kind of you. I just think it's really important to treat others how you want to be treated uh, and be respectful and be kind and be generous. I think that goes full circle in life and all things. So this is your second appearance on our podcast. And the last time we didn't know that you were kind of behind the scenes uh, getting ready for a big event this spring, the Titan Games. Yep. And so when I saw the, the uh, previews and I saw you there, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. So I, I'm going to turn this over to Amy because she has been worried about you for months to ask the first question. <laughs> Well, I think you had already checked in with her, but I was so curious about on the, with the sledgehammer about why it's you, people aren't using the pointy part for it. And Versus so, the other side. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I think I got a couple questions or like Instagram messages saying like, Hey, if you use the other side, uh, and I think in the midst of it, the last thing you're thinking is like, what's the correct side? to crack yeah. the cement. I think you're just like, I need to go as fast as I can, as hard as I can to break it and get to the key. Um, I honestly, I, I, I definitely didn't think about that there. I mean, I know I've used a sledgehammer a good handful of times, but I think in the midst of the moment, you get so caught up in like what you're currently doing that you're like, oh man, I have to put my safety glasses on and now I need to smash this thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's easy for me to say because I'm watching, I'm not in the midst of it, but I'm like, oh, oh, oh I, I, we got to ask her that. I'm so curious. So. Yeah. 
No, it's definitely, I think, again, in the midst of it, you're like, you're, I mean, you're aware of where you're at and you're aware of your competitor, but I think it's like, whatever I need to do to smash it versus the pointy side, the flat side, someone said like rotate it. So it's like wider down, um, like it's flat. I'm like, you might cover more surface area. I'm like, yeah, but that's not necessarily going to like hit the area of where it's going to break. But I mean, again, you, for, for me at least it was like, all right, what can I do to like crack this with as least as amount of strokes as possible so I can get that key. And it's not like you guys have a ton of time to practice, right? They don't have a million of those for you to try. <laughs> we had no time to practice. Um, a lot of my training kind of leading into it last year, like before we got selected or as you got selected, it, or my thought process was if I get selected, would they have something like that again? So I implemented a lot of like odd object. I mean, I already like odd object movements and workouts already. So like sandbags, D-balls, sledgehammer stuff. Um, it might come up again. So I think I had some like idea of like, all right, if it does resurface, let me do a little bit of training. So I'm at least familiar and have an idea of what I need to do to be efficient and effective so I can be successful in that matter. And every week during the Titan games, we would do a weekly recap of like how everything was going. Yeah. And so uh, since then, as we've been kind of recapping, Amy has also been concerned about your shoulder. <laughs> we all have been. <laughs> I think a lot of people have a lot of people ask me like, how's your shoulder? I'm like, it's good. <laughs> so, so can you walk us through that moment? Cause you were right with Danny at that point mm -hmm. and you turned that corner and you elected to try to go head first totally. or shoulder first and it did not give. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my thought process was like, all right, if I have my body weight, which I'm about 150, 155 and I can like use a little bit of momentum to like, run into that wall, I could at least break it or crack it. I mean, I mean, if I broke it and like went all the way down the thing, then I'm like, cool, man, that works. Cause then I'm right. head first. But if that doesn't work, I could at least break it, crack it and then kick it and then get through. So as I like go to run into it, my body just hits and just doesn't break it and just stops. I'm like, well, that did not work. My shoulder was fine, but it was more like, okay, well now I have to like, just focus on kicking it versus using my body weight. I mean, you think of your body, I'm like my entire mass should hopefully break it. Um, but when it didn't, I was like, all right, well now I need to resort to kicking. But I think being a little tired of fatigue from the two previous events that kind of came into the fact where I'm like, all right, like I was a little exhausted, but it's like, I'm still going to try to break that wall. And I, I mean, I could have kept running into it, but I knew that didn't work. So I had to like change it up a little bit. So, yeah, so what was there. the timing like? We, we've had a couple other contestants on mm -hmm. uh, and they were some of the ones that said you're the nicest person in the world. Uh, <laughs> and that's Courtney. Uh, Courtney Rizzo. Courtney's amazing. I absolutely love her. She's a doll. She's like a sister from another mother. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we had uh, Kelly Stone on. She's amazing as well. Uh, and they, they talked about how, how awesome you were. But they talked about the timing being kind of like similar events were done on, sim on the same day mm -hmm. and not necessarily how we saw them at home. But it sounds like that final, the f where it was you, Danny, and Courtney, mm -hmm. all happened kind of pretty much in the same day. Yeah. So like, so Kelly and I, when we went against each other, our two events that we had were within the same day. Um, and then, for example, if there was other individuals where like someone won one, the other person won the other, the tiebreaker, the third one, that would be filmed on a different day or not in the same day of Mount Olympus. So Mount Olympus was essentially when we run the mountain. So those were filmed on different days. But like you said, for the final, it was all filmed within the same day. And the turnover was pretty quick. Um, so like you do the event, you need to go change your uniform or you need to go get pictures, you need to do interviews, you need to do like little like photos or video clips, B-roll, which that's TV, that's part of the process. So 
I mean, you have to just be like, cool, man, this is the cards you're dealt. This is how you manage and work them, which is fine. But again, that turnaround time was relatively quick compared to other days. Um, but again, like you have the scenario. It's like, all right, how do I best adapt to myself or be ready for the next event? So I think that's probably the day, the only day that we had three events in a day. I'm trying to remember because it's like, it doesn't seem that long ago, but I feel like this year has been like elongated <laughs> yeah. very, in very many ways. Um, so I think that, that was the only day that we had like three events. Or, I mean, at least, uh, I mean, Courtney and I had two and then Danny had two because she had essentially moved on from the first one. So yeah, the time frame was a little bit shorter. Okay. So you talked about all the television production with it. You're moving on. You have to get pictures taken. You have to go through the interview process. Um, you, you've also been to the CrossFit Games, which is a, just a straight up sport, mm-hmm. right? It's not, you're not worried about all of the side stuff. Did the Titan games fill the competitive thing for you? That's an interesting question. I think in the sense where I think last year at the games, I, I mean, that was the first year going team after being individual for six years. And so I, before that I'd done my kind of own thing, obstacle races, tough mutters. And I think I wasn't necessarily looking for a competitive thing. And this opportunity presented itself. I was like, well, this is different. It's still a competitive aspect, but it's a whole nother kind of ball game where I get to experience a little bit of that TV production side. Um, but I also got to push myself in things maybe I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, and so it was something that I think that I like to gravitate toward cha- towards challenges. And I don't know why, but I always like to put myself in hard situations. Like, hmm, can I get out of this? Like, can I be successful? Uh, and I think just because I want to see if I'm capable of that, see if I can overcome it and do it. And I think that's where it wasn't necessarily a competitive fill for me, or it kind of like filled that bucket, but it was more an opportunity to like, all right, can I push myself or can I put myself in a realm where I'm uncomfortable or maybe never been challenged and see how I do. So I think that's where my kind of my mindset was for that. Wasn't necessarily training for anything specific at the time. Didn't really know if I was going to continue to compete um, as a team and team like aspect was in the games, but I think that it was a uh, unique in the aspect of like the competition side was important, but it wasn't more important than like the TV role or the production side where they want to tell your story. They want to share who you are with the people that are watching uh, and they want to use that platform to allow you to connect with others out there in the world that maybe have gone through similar situations. That was a really long answer. Sorry. <laughs> but a great answer. A great answer. So I have a couple things in my head that I wanted to ask now after that is one, you have never shied away from a challenge. You have tried Ninja Warrior. You have tried uh, long drive golfing. You have rode, I can't remember the distance, some ungodly distance <laughs> uh, in the Hawaiian Islands, right? Yeah. Um, like, is there anything out there you wouldn't try? Um, that's a great question. There's a lot of things that I do want to try. And I think I'm always up for the challenge. Um, that is a great question. I feel like I was having a conversation with a friend recently about things where I'm like, mm, I'm not really like interested in that, but I can't remember what it specifically it was, but I feel like I'm always up to try something to challenge myself to see what I'm capable of. And if I can't overcome it or I'm not successful in the sense of like achieving it, then it's like, for me, it's like, at least I learned something. At least I adapted. At least I was able to kind of push my bubble of my experience out. Um, and then I can at least give my perspective on it. So hopefully that inspires people or motivates them to go for that. Or maybe it's like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm not going to try that either. Okay. So 
you also talked about all that, them telling your story. Were you happy with the way the producers depicted your story? I know you talked about that story with us the last time you were on with your sister mm -hmm. and losing her uh, unexpectedly. Did you feel like the producers did a good job telling that? Yeah, I think they really wanted to focus on kind of who she was and our relationship together. Um, and it's the only thing that was hard or difficult was like not having enough photos or videos to kind of share that experience because my sister was very a lively individual and there wasn't enough, I feel like in my eyes, enough to kind of show that for them. I had tons of photos, again, from back in the day, which the quality wasn't as good as it is now. Um, but I think that's something that I think they did a great job of telling it, especially with the multiple conversations, because you have a producer that you're working with um, kind of through the show, before the show, because they want to tell your story. And it's hard because you have all this information, all this storytelling and interviews that you have, but they're only picking, choosing a couple minutes to show. So it's like, how do you, how do you pick the best pieces of that story to show and tell? And it's hard to get it all out there, but I think they did a good job sharing it um, and connecting with people. And I had a lot of people reach out during during the show and after the show just to say man like that's you're so inspiring it was so incredible to hear your story i've gone through like my mom passing or my brother passing or my uncle passing or my daughter passing whatever it is and i think it was like that was really touching to me because it's like man i never wish that experience or scenario on anyone um but i think there's a lot of people out there that have those stories so i'm glad they were able to share it and i was glad i was able to be open to be able to share that to hopefully connect with others um, and again, it's, I'm, I'm always there to talk more because there's so much more details of what you see here. Like there's that under layer. Um, but I think they did a great job of given the time constraints, they were able to share that with everyone. Well, speaking of that reach, you had an audience of 3.7 million on that night of the finale night. And they are not your traditional cro CrossFit group. No. So what, what was that exposure like for you? I think it was great. I got to connect with a lot of people that um, maybe were in the fitness world. doesn't have to be CrossFit. could be yoga, could be bodybuilding, uh, walking, Zumba. Um, also connect with a lot of people that were not into fitness that maybe they did a little bit of fitness and they sent me multiple messages and I, I made sure to get back to everyone. It took me a while, but getting back to everyone and connecting with them um, and just telling them like, man, like I have never worked out or I used to work out and I took a long break, but you've inspired me to like get back in the gym and like, you know, get strong for my kids or get strong for my family. And it was really inspiring and just moving and motivating. Cause it's like, man, like that's a different reach that I've had before. And I'm so grateful for it. Cause it's like one, I love meeting people and hearing their stories, but it was also two to kind of share an experience moment together. Cause it wasn't like I was just doing it by myself. We were all inclusive. We were maybe in different spots, but we got to experience it together. And that was really cool. And I think that's where, I mean, as a business owner, you always want to adapt and grow and include and increase your viewership. Um, so within that competitive realm or even my personal life and what I'm trying to do, trying to increase that to reach more people and hopefully inspire them. So it was, it was a great um, opportunity and blessing and talking to The Rock, that was his intention with the platform and with the show was being able to showcase other individuals and other hardships that they've gone through or maybe their experience in life so they can kind of give them the platform to say, hey, like if anyone else is out there going through something like this, this is one example, this is how they got through it, maybe that can help them. And that was something that was really unique and cool. I think they did a great job of casting such a wide variety of individuals um, and just getting to meet people around the world that you might never cross paths with. And it was just like, they did a great job of the individuals and the good people with good hearts that were on the show. 
So did you in the rock happen to trade some tequila and wine? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Um, I was able to share some wine with him, but we didn't get to share wine and tequila together. So I'm hoping maybe in the future, fingers are still crossed for that, that we'll get to share that together. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a great question because a lot of people have asked me like, did you guys get a drink wine and tequila together? I'm like, Not yet, but soon. <laughs> And you talked about the people you met, you know, when we talked to, to uh, Kelly and Courtney, they talk about how you guys text each other all the time. Yep. Uh, and Courtney says she texts you more than anybody. Yes. Courtney um, and I definitely, we, uh, we talk a lot. And I think it's something that, again, the people that they had there, group of people, individuals, just like, man, like how lucky did we all get to all be connected and all be pulled together this one show? And so we have a group chat where we'll keep in touch with, and then we'll talk to people kind of on the side. I actually got to see Kelly about two weeks ago in St. Louis, Missouri for a competition down there, which I think was probably one of the first CrossFit competitions or just competition in general, since everything's been kind of shut down. Um, but it just, again, like I was honored to like meet Kelly and get to compete together and get to know one another. Um, and then obviously like months later, get to see each other again. And so you build these friendships that again, you never would know that you'd cross paths with if you're, I mean, she's in Colorado. So like, I'll probably go there because we have the wine there and maybe we'd cross paths because we both do CrossFit, but you just never know. And so to be able to connect and have those relationships, it's, it's really, um, you share this special experience together and we all went through something together. So we have that kind of that central thing that pulls us together and we kind of revolve around that and still get to live life and hopefully reconnect um, soon, which we're actually meeting up in two weeks, a couple, a couple, not everyone, but a good handful of us are going to be meeting up in about two weeks, which is really nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about a couple of the obstacles. You know, some of them are really high in the, in the air. Uh, some of them are, are very heavy. Some of them, you know, were just weird looking and you had to kind of figure it all out. So were there any that gave you fits or, or something you had to really think about? Cause you seem to like just attack. Yeah, I think, I mean, there wasn't anything, I would say with Mount Olympus, you had to be a little tactful in terms of like your execution going up, the implement where you had to kind of swing up it with your body weight, think of like a kind of like a kip or a side swing. That was something like you wanted to be as efficient as possible to get up as quickly as you can. Um, and same thing with that log, you got to hold it where like you don't mess up, you don't have any slip ups. But the whole idea was to attack and go, but you had to be very kind of smooth as fast mentality in some of those obstacles. Um, with the first event that Kelly and I did with the wheels, that was like, all right, go, you got to get these off as fast as possible. But the strategy came down to, you know, how many wheels do you pull off? How much weight do you pull off? Do you leave a couple on there and go over or do you take everything off and then go? And it was hard to know because it's like in your mind, like this should be enough. Right. But it's like, it's a game of, you know, what's going to go first. And I remember when I saw her leave, I was like, oh man, I still want to take off more weight. I think I ended up taking off one more wheel but I was like, I got to go. I was like, cause if she gets it and I was like, if I'm at least close behind her, maybe I could pass her. So it's a, a lot about strategy. I felt with that one, a lot of strategy on that one. Yeah. When we had her on, she said, if I would have just taken one more wheel off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's hard cause you don't know. And that's the hardest part is like, we didn't have the opportunity to play or work on any of the events, which sometimes you think of like CrossFit competitions, you know, the movements or maybe an imp odd implement that you didn't really get to try, but you can practice on. Um, but we didn't have any clue until kind of like the last minute. So you're like, go for it. Well, did you have a favorite one? I liked that the the wheel one, the first implement, uh, implement that we did, the first event that we did. That was, I think, exciting because it was so fast paced, a little bit of strategy. Um, 
but knowing like, all right, you have to like gut it through once you get to the other side so you don't go back over. That was probably one of the funnest one that I liked, um, most fun one that I liked. The other one that's right next to that was the one I did with Courtney with the poles because you can't see your other competitor. You don't know where they're at. Um, and we had strategized, all right, I'm going to go to one side and you go to the other side. Because the last thing you want to do is like both go to the same pole on the first lower poles and then you're just like hanging out, pulling back and forth when that's not the challenge. The challenge was that middle pole. Um, but that was kind of fun because you want to be quick, you want to be fast, but at the same time, like you want to make sure you get to that pole first, but you got to make sure you hold on and don't lose it because the other person's on there and you're just kind of going back and forth. That one lasted a lot longer than we as viewers saw, correct? Yeah. So that one lasted a little longer. I think we were, I don't know how long we were on there, but that one, I think they cut it down again to like match the time frame of the TV, but we were up there for a good amount of time. Um, the one that, that took a lot longer than was actually on the TV was the wall lunar impact where Kelly and I were pushing up against each other. Cause that one, you couldn't see each other either. So you're like, well, how are they pushing the wall? Is her arms extended? Is her back against the walls or shoulder against the wall? Um, and that one, I think we were up there for like 10 to 15 minutes. And in actuality, they show like, I think two to three minutes. Um, Matt Chan and Bartley, they did that same event. They were up there for like 22 minutes. It was that crazy. is insane. Yeah. But again, like there, you can't, they could show the entire thing, but it's like a lot of back and forth. So they obviously cut it down a little bit. Well, then you had the event with the, where you knocked the poles over and then you had to race up the pole to start the finals. And that was so tight. Yeah. That one with Courtney. Yeah. That was one that was like, oof, like again, timing and efficiency. Yeah. Wow. So, so being a, a CrossFitter for so long and you get to the finals and it's three people who do CrossFit all the time. Did that make you feel proud at that moment that this methodology you've been in for a very long time did this well? I think my mindset was more, I mean, you think of like CrossFit athletes and individuals it's very well-rounded in terms of hitting the capacity component, the strength component, gymnastics, all like the 10 components we talk about in CrossFit. I think my mindset was like, all right, like, how are we going to, one, like, I want to win. We all want to win. But it was like, all right, these individuals are all well-rounded. What are they going to change or what are they going to put in front of us that we need to be able to do and execute? So my mindset was kind of really focused around that. And again, strategy, like, what do I need to do? Because ultimately, obviously, we all wanted to win that first event. So you just skip hop that second one, you go straight to the final. But obviously, that wasn't the case. Um, but I think again, like I said, like we all are well-rounded individuals, again, depending on kind of what comes out of the hopper, depending on what event they give us, we'll, we'll succeed or we'll move forward depending on what it is and what our strengths are. So I'm going to pose this last question about the Titan games and then we'll move on to some other subjects. So you are the current King of Mount Olympus or Queen of Mount Olympus and uh, for the West region. If next year, you are the Titan asked to come back and defend Mount Olympus. Would you do it? Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> Just because it's, again, a new opportunity, um, something challenging. Um, hopefully, I'm still like training and working out. I plan on still training and staying healthy and being active. But I think that uh, it'd be a, another amazing opportunity to kind of see who else they have on the show um, and see how it evolves. The first season obviously went really well. The second season was amazing. Um, like I said, talking to the rock in hearing that each week, the viewership 
was 50%, almost 50% from female to male was incredible. They haven't had that many numbers in terms of female viewership for a while or any other project or show or even TV series that I know of. So to have that viewership almost match and almost be equal female to male, male to female, however you want to say it. I was like, man, that's incredible to be a part of that and to be able to inspire other people, females, males, individuals out there to get to be active or to push themselves, challenge themselves, put them in uncomfortable situations, then I'd, I'd be honored to go back and do that again. So it was, it was a good experience for you. Yes, it definitely was. That's awesome. Margo, let me ask you this. Was it just from a business owner perspective, how, how lucrative was it to your business endeavors? Did it, did you see a spike in wine sales and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, it was great. Definitely saw a huge spike in wine sales. Um, when they covered obviously my sister's story and the wine that we dedicated to her, there was a huge interest in that. So we had increased wine sales for like June, July, and August, which is incredible. I'm very grateful for that. And as a business owner, it's tough because we started within a small kind of niche community in a small group. And obviously fitness and wine, I don't think it's a very common thing. People think of fitness and wine in the same sentence. Um, obviously just trying to break that barrier and just share my message, but being able to have the business have more eyes on it was a great experience. And I would, again, I would love to be able to do more so we can reach more people. It takes a lot of time and obviously energy, but it was, it was definitely great for the business. And I'm very thankful for that. Good. Yeah. Well, speaking of your wine business, um, you're holding a fundraiser tomorrow, right? For Carrie Pierce. Yes. We're doing kind of a get together, um, kind of to obviously bring more awareness around Carrie. Carrie's now local in Las Vegas. She moved here in June. Um, and Vegas, I'm not sure if you guys have ever been here. Um, you obviously have the strip and you have the gambling, the drinking, the hanging out, the partying, which is awesome, awesome obviously. And there's a lot of that environment here, but there's also a lot of community um, and a lot of local businesses and a lot of um, people that are kind of come around and support one another. And so obviously Carrie's going, I want to say it's probably a week and a half now, maybe a little less than two weeks. And so we kind of wanted to do a send off for her, um, just bring awareness to kind of send her good, good wishes um, and support her to be able to help her on her journey to get to the games. Um, obviously things are different and the dynamic is different this year because of everything that's happened. But if we can bring the local community together and support her, it would be something that would be just, again, obviously special in my heart because I've known Carrie over the years as competitive athletes and friends, but also um, she's moving into the realm of business with her um, with her book and also the abs. And so just being able to kind of support another business owner, her and also the local wine shop. Um, it's just, it's amazing. I love that everyone can kind of come together and be supportive. I thought it was really cool because uh, Carrie's been on the podcast. Uh, Bethany has been on the podcast and yep. you guys are all coming together to It is, yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that, so. I haven't seen Bethany in like two years since the 2018 games. So to kind of see her again um, and be able to recircle and be there to support as well. I'm like, this is, this is awesome. It's really cool. So with that being said, you have a lot of competitive athletes moving to Vegas to work out with you. How do you draw all those people there? <laughs> it's, it's funny because when we moved here about two years ago, the, uh, a big reason was to move here to build the business and brand and get more exposure. Um, Vegas is a spot where people come visit. So our intention was people to come try the wine, see our message, and then hopefully take that home with them. Um, obviously, anyone that wants to come here and travel and train would love that. Um, obviously the focus now isn't so much on the training competitively, still training and still working out and being active, um, being involved in much as I can in the local community, not only within the fitness, but also the business world as well. Um, but people that want to come here, I'm like, that's amazing. Like I've 
talked great things to people about Vegas. I'm like, hey, it's incredible. I mean, granted, it's super hot during the summer, but it's only for a few months and then it kind of dissipates a little bit. But um, I think a lot of people coming to an area we've talked about in the past of like creating Vegas as um, a central point where people can come to not only for fitness, but also for community, for um, outdoor nature, like tons of hiking here, tons of beautiful scenery to see. You have the lakes, you have the mountains, Mount Charleston, Red Rocks. And I think people are starting to see that. Um, I doubt it's just from me and me what I'm posting, but also I think a lot of people are seeing that Vegas is a great central spot. Um, there's a lot more of things that we want to do, not only with the wine company, but also sharing other people's stories, um, specifically maybe more women where they're either business owners, they're athletes, um, and kind of sharing like how they work hard and how they wind down. That's something we're working on. It takes a lot of um, resources and capital for all that, but that's something that we're working on to be able to hopefully be able to feature relatively soon. We want to be able to, again, promote our message and show our message that it doesn't have to be just about the wine, but about that balance of working towards your goals, enjoying the process and celebrating the successes and embracing the struggles because those struggles will shape who you are going forward. And it's not just women. Ryan Elrod is out there. He was on our yep. podcast right after he moved uh, and said that he loved that you would push him in workouts. Yeah. Ryan's awesome. Him and Emma and their kids, their kids are incredible. Have you seen him on social media? Oh, yeah. uh, they're a riot, but uh, yeah, it's, they're both incredible individuals. So being able to push them, um, and then hopefully myself push them. We've done a lot of training over the past year, year and a half, almost two years now. And it's just, I'm grateful for the friendships that I made. And I know it's not just one aspect where it's just fitness related, but it's like, all right, we're creating an, again community friendships and relationships that hopefully we can give back and do more with the local communities here in Vegas. Margo, did you vote on the uh, Halloween cookies that Ryan posted on Instagram? I did. <laughs> Which, what number did you pick? I picked, I picked three. 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 Even so did I. Yeah, okay. okay, yeah. I'm pretty okay. sure one, I think one and two was definitely Ryan or Emma. I think it was Ryan, then Emma. And I think three, I want to say was Lily, like four. I, it had all the stuff Lily. on it. That's why oh, I voted for it. It was everything. It. And they were like, kind of crooked off to the side. I was like, yep. that totally has to be Lily. <laughs> by the way, if you guys have ever seen Lily, if you ever meet her, she is by far like one of the cutest smartest little girls individual like you'll ever see and she has these cutest like big brown hazel eyes she's just adorable anyways <laughs> <laughs> well one of the reasons i love following you and um that we that you've been over my shoulder since i started the podcast visually you know you're right <laughs> right there yes, I love <laughs> <laughs> um is that uh i love your business mind um, whenever something comes up that there's like a crisis, like COVID-19, you go into action and look at how can we look at this in a different way and still come together. And you started virtual workouts, mm -hmm. uh, chat monthly challenges. Um, so can you walk us through like, okay, COVID comes, we're in quarantine. And what was your thought process in developing something for the community? So something we, community has always been key If you. I mean, over the years, I've always been central around that. That is what drew me in first to the community um, and just like the culture of CrossFit and like people being so supportive and my mindset, it's like, how can I give back? And I think that's kind of rooted to like my sister and just that experience. It's like, all right, I couldn't help her in my mindset. So it's like, how do I help others? How can I give to others and maybe don't have that opportunity? And the monthly challenges we've been doing for a while, it'll be, I think, two years at the end of this year. Um, and I think it was really important 
to kind of stress or highlight those a little bit more when quarantine happened because gyms closed, people couldn't get out and about. They were really, depending on their state that you were in, you were really encouraged to stay home. And so we tried to highlight those a little bit more saying, hey, like whatever it is for activity, um, we want you to move. And for a lot of people that maybe didn't do any activity before, now they have a little more free time. It's like, how can we introduce those workouts? So in January, actually, we started a six week challenge, um, kind of a six week fitness challenge where we offered three different varieties of workouts, a dumbbell, a body weight, and a scaled version. And the whole incentive or the goal behind that was if you couldn't get to the gym or you're too timid or shy, that you could do them in the comfort of your own home, couch, floor, bench. If you have a garage gym, you could do them there. But the whole premise was to give them say, hey, here's the workout. It's free. Do whatever you want. Here's the coaching. Um, and then allow you to do the workout. We would provide warm-ups and some mobility before that you could do um, before or after the workouts. And we did that for six weeks. People loved it. Um, took a small little break because it was gone for the filming. Um, so we tried to do everything before I left for that. And then when I came back, I was like, all right, we want to do this again. We started kind of creating a platform to be able to do more workouts. Then COVID hit. So we ended up releasing it like a little early, right? I want to say like March 16th was when kind of like everything shut down in Vegas. Um, and that's where we're like, cool, let's do more workouts. So the whole goal and intent again is like, if you've never done any fitness, let's get you moving, let's get you started. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people have a hard time taking that first step. And like, I know for myself, I'm not sure for you guys, but like, if I haven't been to the gym a couple of days, I'm like, oh man, I really want to go to the gym. But I'm like, oh, I got all this other work I really want to do. I could sit and get through all the rest of the paperwork or emails I need for the business. And it's great. But if I don't take that step to get in the gym, I won't get my fitness or I won't get my exercise in. And then that can kind of compound. And so for us, it was like, how do we make it as streamlined, as easy as possible? So it's like, we put all workouts on YouTube where people could, could see for free. We put them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn to share. But we essentially wanted to create that community. Instead of maybe going to the gym and you have everyone there with you, you're now on this online platform and you're doing those workouts. And I think a lot of people started doing that because everything closed. Um, and as things start to open, people still have the ability now to go to the gym, but people again are a little too timid or shy to get there. Then I want to say, Hey, if you don't want to go to the gym or you don't have the, the money or the resources to go to the gym, do them in your couch or your room or downstairs, whatever it might be. Um, and so we're still kind of doing that. We've kind of evolved it a little bit into our earn your grapes workout. Um, and we always use uh, like a dumbbell or a body weight. The last two weeks we've done dumbbell body weight and scale, but usually it's either a body weight or a dumbbell version. If you don't have the dumbbell, you just take it out and do body weight. But um, again, the whole premise goes into our work hard wind down message where it's like you work hard, you earn your grapes, and then you get to celebrate with a glass or two. Th that is Amy's mantra. I live that life. <laughs> 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 yeah. And it, it's interesting because a lot of people ask me like, oh, you know, what's different than your wine? Like, is your wine like less calories, less sugar? And no, I think because they automatically assume I'm into fitness. They think, oh, your wine is made differently. And we're not focusing on that because obviously people can talk about the health benefits of wine in terms of rest of all of the antioxidants. And yeah, that might be a part that's in there and that people can promote and talk about. But our whole mantra is more like, hey, earn your grapes, work hard to receive that glass or to enjoy that glass or bottle of wine that you're sharing with friends. I um, mean, it's about balance. Cause a lot of think I think a lot of people, and I have this mindset too. It's like, I'm just going to keep going and keep going and working to my next goal. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, man, it's nine o'clock and I haven't taken my time away from my computer, away from my phone to really disconnect. And so everyone's balance is different, but sometimes um, being able to kind of disconnect for a little bit 
and relax with a glass of wine with your spouse, your family, friends, going out, whatever it might be. We just really want people to find that balance and everyone's different, but that goes full circle with our workouts, with our mantra that when your grapes, with our work hard wind down and just that lifestyle. And I think we have, um, we have one life to live. And I think I've just gone through personal experiences where things are taken from you maybe faster or quicker than you want. So I try to make sure that just appreciate every moment that I have and hopefully share that with people around me. So before we move off the workout, where can people find that on YouTube? What is the the channel? Yeah. So if they just search my name, Margo Alvarez, um, then it'll pop up my channels on there. We have our workouts that people can go back all the way from like January, even to previous years. Um, but January recent up until now recently is where we have more re- recent workouts, but we had, um, we, ha- we called it fitness on the go G A U X before that. Um, and so again, the goal and the intent was to give you workouts. If you're traveling a lot or on the road and you can't get to the gym or even maybe you have a hotel gym, that was the next best option. And so, uh, people can find it on there. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, we haven't checked in on your wine business fully and, I can imagine that maybe COVID helped boost wine sales. <laughs> I like to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at the time we talked to you last time, you were having a hard time even keeping the goat wine on the shelves. Uh, it wasn't even available back then. Yeah. Um, have you been able to increase production and keep up with that a little more? Yes. So we, uh, we've tripled our production um, every time we've done new production. So each year we've increased, we went from 300 cases to 600. Now we're at 1200 cases. The goal is to continue to increase production. Our goal, eventual goal is to get 25,000 cases and then 50,000 cases. That's going to take a little bit of time. Um, there's a lot of ideas and projects in the works that we're looking to kind of align and have to come, to come together our biggest thing is to increase brand visibility and increase viewership, not only in the Vegas community, but also on social media. And it's hard because a lot more people have had free time recently. So a lot more people are on social media, but it's also very saturated. So something that Alex, uh, my husband and I have talked about where, you know, you go into a shop and you have all these different options. How do you pick and choose? Like, how do you decide, well, that's the wine that I want. That's the crackers that I want when you have so many options. So for us, we've really tried to do a lot more within the local community in Vegas. Um, We've gotten to a lot more wine shops in the past few months, which has been great. So making sure that we're doing more events locally within the Vegas area. Um, We got into another location last year in Colorado. So we're in two places in Colorado, which is great. So we're slowly trying to grow and get into more distribution. The biggest thing that a lot of um, distributors look at will be like case production, um, but also how quickly can you sell the wine? How quickly can you get off the shelf? And so that's what we've been working with, trying to be able to um, market it and advertise it. And a lot of people love it. And a lot of people are going back to it, but it's like, how do we create that wine that it's the go-to wine that people want to say, all right, this is the wine that I want. And it's not just about the juice because the juice needs to be good. The wine should be good, but it's also creating that story and connecting with people um, and resonating with them. And right now we only have goat in distribution. Uh, which is the only the wine we have in distribution is the goat, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I'd love to be able to get Cheerson in distribution as well, just to be able to share her story, share my kind of experience and how um, I was able to kind of find my way and still aspire to things in life and work towards my goals, even though going through hardships like that might've been a setback for individuals, but it's how do we overcome that? And I think sharing her story and her wine would also connect with a lot of people out there. So any plans in Ohio? Yes, hopefully soon. Um, the distributor that we're working with in Colorado, um, they work their parent distributors, RNDC, which is a large dis- distributor. And I think they have distribution into Colorado or into Ohio. So I'm hoping that we can slowly get that route as well. And that's so, with Cat Out. 
Yeah. So last year at the games, you had to smuggle in a few bottles for me uh, at the athlete briefing. Don't tell um, me. <laughs> so, and I'm in Delaware, so let me have it. <laughs> yes. And Delaware is one of the places we actually sent wine out there. Um, I want to say last, probably like last November, October um, to the distributor out there. And it's hard because they're getting hit up all the time from so many different other retailers, wine, um, hard alcohol, beer. So it's being able to sorry, connect and then hopefully be able to secure that deal. We're hopefully going to be able to get distribution here in Montana really soon. That's been a year and a half in progress. Um, and so there's a lot of things and factors that kind of deal into that. So I'm just grateful for the experience. It's a lot of hard work, but my mindset's just like, all right, like, well, I'm just going to keep going and keep trying. Like if I don't, if I don't, if I get told no, or I get a door closed in my face, I'm like, all right, like what other doors are out there that I can try to open or uh, hurdles that I can climb over? Yeah. It's just like being a podcaster. You just keep asking and hope people say yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So where, where, I know you can order the wine online. So where can you get that? So people can check it out at thegoatwine.com. Um, we have the goat on there, Cheerson, and another varietal called Le Vigneron. Awesome. What's the Cheerson wine about? Um, I mean, obviously the story behind it, but tell us a little bit about that vintage and makeup. Yeah. So the Cheerson is um, the most recent one is a 2018. It is a petite Syrah, petite Bordeaux Syrah and Grenache blend. So more of like a medium bodied wine has very little tannins, very subtle tannins, um, very easy and smooth to drink. I usually recommend people chill it for a little bit. Um, you, you can keep it in a wine fridge or the refrigerator if you have it, let it chill a little bit. And then as you open it, let it open for about five, 10 minutes. And then as you sip it, you'll notice and taste like when it's cold or chilled wine, it might taste, um, a little more, uh, not sorry, flat, but more of like a very similar taste from the front to the end as it warms up and as oxygen gets into the wine and it kind of, what I call it, opens up their aromas become a little bit more. I would say it's a little bit more, a little jammy, um, but more of a medium bodied wine where you could pair it with pretty much anything like a charcuterie plate, maybe some like steak or beef. It is a wine um, that I've noticed that as we've grown, it's become more and more popular and it's obviously gotten a little bit, this is still relatively young. We bottled it in May. So what, four months now, three months. Um, so it can sit obviously in the bottle, but it also can be opened right away as well. Um, something I've noticed and something we started with, um, we started with cap, cap or um, cork and capsule. And then with this most recent Cheerson, we ended up going with screw cap. And a lot of people kind of have some hesitation with that because I think people automatically assume screw cap isn't as original or isn't as um, traditional with wine. Um, screw caps actually keep out the oxygen better than the cork. But I think it's again for us when we started, we started with all cork because we're a new company, we're a new brand getting out there. Um, I kind of went a little bit on a tangent, but that's, that's a little oh, bit more oh, about that. That, <laughs> that new sounds one. like a good one. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try it out. Awesome. So, so I'd love to hear oh. more about, um, you know, the big event a couple of weeks ago where you and Christy got to go back and Dan um, and Sam got to go back and compete together. So how was that experience? It was a really cool experience. It was um, actually was on the team with First Form. So it was Dan, uh, Christy, myself, and then Jarrett, who works with First Form. Um, all four of us, they, I think he'd asked me back in like end of July, August. And my fitness back then was probably like three days a week doing classes. And he's like, hey, you want to be on a team? I was like, oh, man. I was like, I haven't really been working now. He's like, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm like, no, if this is the team I'm going for, I need to make sure I do some fitness. So it was a really cool experience. I think 
Uh, like I said, it was one of the bigger events, I think, in terms of the competition that has been not been able to go on for the past few months. This was one that a lot of people wanted to go to. I think it was still cut in half. There was a lot less teams previous years. There were no spectators um, unless they were like competing in different divisions. But just being able to be back on a team was really fun. Christy and I, obviously, we competed last year, and that was just an incredible individual. I love Christy. Uh, I love her husband, Pat. They're just awesome, good people. Uh, we had a lot more laughs, I think, than we actually had fitness over the weekend, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Um, and then Dan and I, we, I want to say the last time we were on a team was 2016 for Rogue Red. And before that was the Invitational in Madrid. And I mean, Dan's just a good person, good heart, good soul. Um, got to know him really well over the past few years. I actually had him out here last year. We did a wine event, a wine and dinner yes. event with him. Um, and he plays the guitar, by the way, if you don't yeah. know that. Um, but we had him play a little bit of guitar. And again, just surrounding yourself with really good people. Jared's been an incredible individual. I got to know him through First Form when I started working with them last year. Um, and just for them, community is also very important and uplifting one another and supporting one another. And being around all these like-minded individuals was phenomenal. Uh, and then finding out that Sam was there for on another competition. He was um, with Jared and Christine Cole, which were on 417, I believe. Um, and then they had another teammate there. Just getting to see him, it was, again, like kind of brought it full circle from last year. And it just brought really good memories. Him and Jen Dancer are incredible people, good hearts, good soul. I know they're expecting their first. Um, so it was cool. She looks awesome in shape and then has like a basketball right in her <laughs> front belly. And so it was, it was really good to connect with everyone. And I think this year, again, has been challenging and tough because a lot of people haven't been able to see people that haven't been able to do things that they've usually done in years time. And I think for people that spend so much time around one another in communities and not being able to have that, this was very kind of special where people were just so grateful and so appreciative and so thankful for that time with one another. So I have to ask, I'm sure the competition was fun, but was it the competition or the Airbnb that was more fun? Ooh, I would have to say the Airbnb. We, uh, we actually, so <laughs> funny story. We, um, we just, we shared a lot of fun stories, fun memories. And uh, I think we just had a lot of laughs there. We made sure to do our post workout mobility. Uh, we actually, that was my last month's challenge was five minutes of mobility each day. So we did it as a group at the end of the day, which was really fun. Um, and a couple of our t friends, I think it was, uh, Christy and I don't think Jarrett had seen, um, Robin Hood men in tights. So we watched that movie. Have you guys seen that movie? Yeah, long time ago. Okay, long time ago, yeah, exactly. Dave Chappelle's in it, but it's a great movie. And so it was just a good environment. Um, and I'm grateful to be able to like, share that experience with all of them. It was a lot of fun. Well, I have a favor to ask of you when we stop recording today, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> so not to like turn things to the, to the bad, but you talk about overcoming obstacles. And you recently had to go through that. You, you, were, you were robbed and people took some of your very um, valuable and uh, mementos from the CrossFit Games. Yeah. Did, did that ever get resolved? Uh, long story short, no. It, um, I think it was, it was something that was really frustrating because it was more like a, you feel like a violation of like your personal space and like your personal property, right? Um, the garage wasn't attached to the place that I was living in. I think that was a good thing, obviously, because it kept it separate. But I think what was frustrating is that people, I know, I mean, this happened May 1st. And so it was a time where a lot of people were, you know, trying to, like, they were out of work, they were out of money. And I think their mindset, I don't know who it was, but I had an idea. I had a feeling that 
it must have been someone in the apartment complex that I was living there. They'd seen me working out. They'd seen me in the gym. They'd seen or they'd walked by when I was there to see what was in there. And their mentality probably was like, all right, well, I can take a couple stuff or I can take her stuff and sell it and make more money. Um, and that's where it was more like frustrating. So it's like you invade my space, you invade personal property. Like you don't know my scenario. You don't know my situation just because you think I have a lot of equipment. Like you don't know how much money I've poured into accumulating all these things over the time. And especially I think out of everything that was taken, it was all obviously equipment that can be replaced, but it was obviously the memento of the vest um, and a backpack that like I can't get. Like, I think the vest was just like, all right, I earned that. I competed. Um, and that was, that was 2015. That was my best year where I had a lot of kind of just hard work that poured into that. And it was like, that was kind of a memento for me. And obviously people think, oh, it's a materialistic thing. You know, it wasn't your life. It wasn't this or it wasn't that. And I agree. It wasn't my life. I'm glad I'm safe. And I'm glad um, no one obviously was harmed. But again, it's that personal violation of like you breaking into someone's place, taking their things and then just thinking, all right, well, are they going to come back? Because my concern and Alex's concern was that they know my the garage I'm in. They know what unit number I'm in. Who's to say they don't come back into the house to take personal stuff or go after other things in the apartment? So that was like, all right, that's a huge safety concern as well. Um, so, I mean, prior to that, I carried and I made sure safety was an issue uh, or what, like in terms of me taking care of my safety issue. But after that, I was like, man, like, who's to say this isn't going to get worse, not only in that aspect, but going forward, you know, so not to draw that out a little bit, but I think it's for people that are out there, like you always just got to be safe, be smart. And obviously like the items aren't worth more than your life. Um, but making sure that you're putting yourself in the most ideal position for your safety is number one, but also putting yourself so like you can secure your home, your family, your people. And and I, I understand what you're saying that it's not worth it's your life is worth more than all that but those were yeah. irreplaceable things and um, and that's what really stinks about it um, and like we said you are the nicest person in CrossFit and you were actually very upset during that time uh, and yeah. and vocalized that on social media and um, I'm sad that you weren't able to get that stuff back. Thank you, I appreciate it. And I think a lot of people have kind of like followed up um, from time to time, like asking if there were things and. I like I looked at Facebook Marketplace, Offer Up, all these other places, and didn't see anything. And I, in my mindset, I was like, I don't think if someone's, not that they were smart, but if they're if they're smart in the sense where like they're not going to put on social media, they'll sell it to someone like in person versus putting it out there. But I was like, man, like I was I was really upset and really just felt violated. I was like, man, like karma, karma's a bitch. Excuse my language, but what comes around goes around. Like it's going to come back to you. Not that I wish any ill will on people. But it's like, again, that's my stuff, things that I've put blood, sweat, and tears and worked my ass off for. And you'd think people would respect that and understand that, but not everyone has a genuine good heart or not everyone thinks that way. So it's like, all right, like I still, clearly I still get a little upset and I have a little <laughs> resentment, but I try to like, let it go. I'm like, all right, overall picture, like what's more important, you know? So something that we've, um, Alex and I kind of talked about, I thought, you know, maybe people do this because you know, they're trying to provide for their family. Maybe they're like, they're really shits at the fan. They have nothing. So they resort to that. And like, that's unfortunate. Um, but it makes me think like, man, like fitness is such an outlet for me. Something that we would like to create in the future is a place, a community center. And I kind of talked about this before, but create a place where people can come and be able to get fitness in, be able to learn how to train, but also learn about business, learn about um, work ethic and so much more that goes into it. But I mean, obviously that'd be kind of in the future, but something I think that's really important is that when you work hard and you put the effort in and you put that 
time, energy, whatever it is, money, that you're more likely on the back end to be like, oh man, I really value this or I respect other people that do the same. And I think sometimes that's a lesson that you just have to learn and you have to go through that you're, it's more like the pie is sweeter when you actually bake it yourself. So, yeah. yeah. So being the nicest person in CrossFit (laughs) doesn't mean that you're not outspoken. And, and we, we won't get into the details of this, but you were the first athlete to speak out against CrossFit. And a lot of people don't remember that, but you were the first one that really did that. Mm -hmm. And then 18 months later, the shit hit the fan, as you said earlier, and then everybody spoke out against CrossFit and major change occurred. Do you you feel vindicated in any way, or is it just something that you have moved on from? It's something that I moved on from. I think I made my piece, um, shared what I shared, and then decided to kind of move forward. It obviously, it it broke my heart in a lot of aspects because when I found CrossFit, it was kind of like, Oh, like a home away from home in terms of pushing myself, challenging myself. Like I said before, and I've reiterated over the years is community has been number one. Um, and the support and the camaraderie has been incredible. And I think that was something that being able to be on staff to travel and meet other individuals and hear their stories about like how they lost weight or how they were able to get stronger to pick up their grandkids or their fitness journey and just being able to connect to people like, that has always hold a special heart place place in my heart um, and being able to be a part of that staff and the relationships I made with other trainers. I've met lifelong friends that I know, like, even though we, we, we don't do the same thing now um, that we'll still be friends and we'll still share ex- incredible experiences. And it, it was hard because um, that was something that I truly loved and enjoyed, but I had to say, all right, what do I need to do for myself um, going forward? And so I think, once I kind of moved through that and moved past, I was like, all right, that was a page that I turned. And now I need to focus on the next page that I'm working on writing or working on creating so I can give back in a bigger picture. Yeah. Um, when everything happened and, and CrossFit was selling, uh, what blew me away is you actually had thought about buying CrossFit and you put together a business plan and published a good chunk of that. And I was blown away at how detailed of a business plan you put together in a very short amount of time. Um, and that's why I just love your business mind. And I love like following you, you and, and all that stuff. <clears throat> but when we, I talked to you by email and you said, when the sale went to somebody else, you've just moved on. Yeah. You turned the page and focused on other stuff mm-hmm. and into your wine and, and all of that. Uh, is, is that easy for you to just change that pivot and change focus? Um, sometimes I think I've kind of learned in life, um, and I've used this analogy a lot sometimes, like I'm a very caring, giving individual. And over the years, I've learned that sometimes relationships or endeavors that you get into may not be mutually beneficial. Um, so the energy and time that I put in something, um, I'm going to give as much as I can, um, be all into it. And I think, and this can be a double-edged sword sometimes for myself, but sometimes I keep an arm's length distance, no matter how close or how in I let individuals or scenarios or situations or projects. If something happens where I'm like, all right, like they're not working out or it's not worth my time or energy or things are going in a different direction. Instead of trying to say, oh man, like, no, come back. Like, are we really going to make this work? Like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Um, not that there might be some finessing, like if you have um, some like silly putty that you maybe need to work or clay, if you're trying to make a pot, like there's going to be a little bit of finesse or a little bit of work that might be in entailed, but it might be worth it in the end. 
but sometimes I'm like, all right. And I think as I've gotten older and I've gone through more situations, I would get more nervous at conversations and more be more anticipations around, okay, I'm going to pitch this in this individual, or I'm going to tell them my business plan, or I'm going to tell them my vision or what I want to do or have a conversation. And I think as the years have gone on, I've learned to be able to adapt and be a little more flowing where it's like, all right, it didn't work out. Like I'm not going to hold on to it and try to like make it happen because if there's more effort being expended to make it happen, what's going to be on the follow through? Is it going to require even more work and more effort to make it really happen when it's like, maybe I should just say bit of do um, and move on from there. So I think it's something where I, I kind of take it situation or project by project. Um, so I kind of know, all right, is this worth my time and energy? And I'm all ears always open to hear things. I'm always willing to work and be kind of, aware of what's coming or what be like what might be available uh at the same time again if it's not worth it or it's like all right this it's not going to work but we're trying to force it. it's like two magnets that aren't going to like fit but you're trying to make it happen it's like all right maybe it's time just again turn that page and move on so the last question i'm going to ask you about crossfit or anything it'll be my last question um <laughs> is you know now they have an athlete uh an athlete association Professional Fitness Athletes Association and CrossFit has hired an athlete council. Do you think are do you think these are things that CrossFit has needed for a long time? Or that's a great question. I don't. I'm not sure because they haven't had it for a long time, um, and it's hard to go back and say, all right, well, if they would have had this, it would have been better or it would have worked out. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen going forward. Obviously, given the state, like, you know, Reebok's contract just ended. A lot of things are kind of ending this year. So it's like, all right, what, what's going to happen going forward? Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that I spoke to that are still interested in competing at a high level and they still want to put in their time and dedication to that. Um, and I respect that. And a lot of time does go into it. Um, I've dedicated like eight, nine years of it into it and it's been rewarding. It was worth it. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm turning chapters and Still interested in competing, but maybe different facets, different things, half marathon, I don't know, strongman competition, whatever comes my way. Um, but for them, it, it might be something that might give some structure going forward. Um, it all depends on, again, I don't know the details and the nitty gritty, but if it allows them to have more communication, I think that's going to be helpful because I think communication, as much as we have like social media and news and TV, think that interpersonal communication, the face-to-face -face or via Zoom, however it is that communication, I think communication's underrated sometimes where there's more of that. So if that allows for that, then it might be beneficial and might help them in the changing landscape going forward. Great. Yeah. Do, do you guys have any questions? I mean, I, think I, have, I, have, I have one. I have a fun one for Halloween's coming up. I want to know uh, mm -hmm. favorite Halloween candy to pair with uh, a glass of goat. Oh, Reese's Pieces. I like didn't have to think about that. <laughs> Reese's Pieces. I love it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I would say Reese's Pieces. Another way, if you don't want to do Reese's Pieces, you can get like a spoonful of peanut butter, put some um, chocolate chips, like sprinkle the chocolate chips on there and then just like eat that. I definitely won't say I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded very specific. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I got one. That's funny. Yeah, I would say probably that one's probably the best to pair. I probably did that like, I want to say last week or maybe two weeks ago. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's a good question. I like it. <laughs> well, awesome. if you guys don't have anything else, thank you so much, Margot. It's of always course. a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you have such great insight and we're glad you came on the show. You guys are all amazing. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. If you guys ever come to Vegas too, let me know. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, sign me up. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, we'll talk to you awesome. soon. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.